Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up, it's Ted. And I'm Obert. And it's the most magical day of the year, folks. Bump, 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 bump. I don't think that's the right <laughs> tone, <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is for like Monday night. Oh, I guess so. I guess so, yeah. I thought he was going with like the CSI music. <laughs> bum, bum. Bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, uh, do, 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 do. But no, right. football is back, it, as it, you could tell by Obert's mouth music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, can somebody, can somebody else do it? Can we do somebody else do the mouth music? Okay, yeah, that's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's a happy day. It was not only Steak Sunday, but it was Football Sunday for the first Sunday and many, many Sundays, and it was a good Sunday. Are we talking real, about this? A real throwback to season, to season one. In yeah, this, season one, episode one. Yeah, as uh, everybody, our, as we talk about this on news. Sunday, and then they're going to listen to it on Thursday and be like, huh. Oh, they'll know. They know. They know by now that we record on Sunday and we, we report old news, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 our, it's our foundation of this podcast. Tune in four days in the past. Yeah, I guess so. Hear all about the Colts' heartbreaking loss. They suck. And yes. other stuff. They couldn't even keep their quarterback. He just no, wanted, but we, he just wanted but to we played well. We played well. I will say that Adam Vinatieri, I I have a sneaking suspicion was also re-signed by the Patriots, but I don't know. I can't prove that because it's just me. But I'm fairly certain because he threw the game for us today. Well, it would be very consistent with the weekend where they just sign everybody. <laughs> I guess that's true. I didn't watch any football, so I can't contribute to this conversation. That's so true. You guys, Obert keep it going. was like, <laughs> uh, Obert kind of like was like, hey, I'm still here. In our text thread today, <laughs> I I alive. That's, I did. <laughs> I, I didn't fall dead. off mountain. Yeah, yeah. I spent uh, the weekend deep off self service, aka thirty minutes from my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how how close incommunicado is for you up yeah, in Montana. I know. Yeah, I went. I was at a wedding weekend away, and uh, Friday night, Saturday night, all day today was like. Hopefully, we're still recording a podcast tonight because uh, <laughs> haven't been able to get in touch with them, but it worked out. I got home. Yeah. We're here. It was a great wedding up at Tally Lake. Google it. Like, I don't know. If this was in Connecticut, so I was telling you all weekend, if this was in Connecticut, it would have been like probably 25 motorboats on this lake throughout the weekend. I saw one all all weekend long. And, Interesting. Uh, somebody caught like a 30-inch pike. It was, it was great. It was like, it's a very just, large pike. It was a big pike, a big lake. Um, it's like 450 feet deep. Uh, I didn't get to the bottom, so it's very I shallow. Didn't verify it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, we were out there. We, you know, we were rafting, we were kayaking, canoeing, every kind of non-motorized boat activity you could do. We did it, so we had a good. time I mean, I can't confirm. I did Google. It's a very, very pretty looking lake. Yeah, it's a, it was a great spot. And no cell yeah. service, but uh, you know, sometimes. That's kind of a good thing when you're just wanting to hang out with some friends and just like get away from it all. Well, that's that's why there was no boats there is because nobody nobody goes there because there's no cell service. I think that might be it. Like, what's the point of going boating if you can't live inst- Instagram live catching your big pike? You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I spent my I spent my opening day of football season a little differently than you guys, but it sounds like we each managed to enjoy it in our own way for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Todd, you went to a UConn football game this weekend too, right? I did indeed. I went with a few of few Connecticut friends to a UConn football game and watched them lose by four points. But it's a it was a close game. It was a close one game. One. Had to watch. Had to stay there all the way to the end. So that was good. <laughs> so because this is a drinking podcast, I have to ask what kind of drinking was going on at this UConn game, tailgate wise. No, we were all sober. No, like, can, did you guys play any games? No, we were all sober. I don't, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I don't understand. <laughs> what, do, what do you mean? What, what does sober mean? I'm not sure. No, no we, I mean, we yeah. just, you know, we did the normal thing. We had, uh, you know, Bago and I think somebody had a baseball and somebody had a football and somebody had a Frisbee and, you know. And then you played Battle of the Sports while you all threw balls at each other and whoever hit the hardest won. Is yeah, that we, that played, works? we played dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Dodge the baseball, dodge the softball, dodge the the uh, frisbee, and dodge the football. And then you get the cornhole bag in your, in the nuts, and then you yeah. <laughs> then you lose. 
<laughs> exactly. After doing all that, you still lose. Uh, now, Sounds like a terrible game. Yeah, right? Um, for me, you know what? The one thing that I miss, and one thing we're going to have to bring on this podcast soon, is uh, some Oktoberfest beers. And I, maybe I've said this before on the show. I don't, I don't listen to it. I just record it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, um, UConn football season is always the start for me of Oktoberfest season. And so now without going to football games, I'm like, I don't know when to start drinking Oktoberfests. Well, you know, have you there's... had an Oktoberfest yet? I have not. And I like, oh. I'm, I'm getting ready for one. You know, I mean, I'm so ready for an Oktoberfest that maybe we should just start drinking right now just so I can quench my thirst with something else. Oh, okay. I was going to yeah. say, so you have an Oktoberfest, but no, no, clearly maybe, not. Maybe we should do that for a future episode. Oktoberfest a palooza. Oktoberfest Palooza. There we go. Coming, coming to you in October. <laughs> as that, as that famous party in in Munich is called Oktoberfest Palooza. <laughs> uh, so, so starting that way, I'm just going to transition into drinking my beer, which is an Oktoberfest Palooza. It is. It is not an Oktoberfest Palooza. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. It is, in fact, a raspberry wheat ale. Ooh, Ooh, that's nice. definitely not Oktoberfesty at all. Yeah, not, not at all. Not, not even close. Not in the slightest. So we went to a brewery on Friday called Breakaway Brewhouse in um, Bolton, Connecticut. It is this little brewery that's um, based out of this guy's garage. So basically, you park in this guy's driveway, you walk into his carport that he has set up in his driveway, and you walk up to the window that is on the front of his garage, and you order beer through the garage window. And then That's he, awesome. Yeah. And he yeah, gives you right? beer through the window. <laughs> no way. But, yeah. And he, he only accepts cash and Venmo, so I had okay. to pay him via Venmo, and I decided to bring some beer home. So this beer is called uh, The New One, number 17. It is a raspberry <laughs> wheat ale. <laughs> Such a good name. So yeah, is this right? like I'm pretty sure this is an illegal brewery, by the way. Like, he no, he he has all the same permits that uh all the all the big breweries have. He's actively looking to open up a brewery um in Bolton as well. But for the time being, it's operated separately out of his garage. That's sweet. Yeah. So do they have like little tables outside you sat at? Yep, little tables outside, uh, some rocking chairs. Uh, there was a a uh, stereo outside playing the local radio. It was it was interesting. The it was lit with um with like the string lights, so there's nice. no like actual lighting. It's just kind of plugged in. That's cool. I wish did you did you happen to get a picture? I took uh some pictures. Yeah. Cool. I w- I want you to post that on the Instagram because I really want to see what this place is like because it sounds pretty cool. Okay, we'll do. So this is brewed with uh obviously as it as I said uh, ras- raspberries, Connecticut grown raspberries though. So. It's a very seasonal beer, and seeing nice. as raspberry season in Connecticut ended this week, I think is what he was telling me. This is you know the last time he will brew this for the season. Raspberry season, blueberry season, raspberry season, blueberry season. Is that like a Bugs Bunny, Donald? Yeah, Duck? it was supposed. Okay. It was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine me with very long ears saying that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's also blueberry season. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> So this is it's it, this is a very good beer. Um, you can definitely taste the fresh raspberries as you drink it. It doesn't taste, you know, a lot of a lot of the listeners will know wheat ales as being more like a blue moon or a shock top, but this is obviously with raspberries. So instead of getting that orangey flavor, you're getting that raspberry flavor. But uh, Mark, the guy who runs the brewery, was telling me that he puts in the raspberry juice at three different stages of the brewing process, and despite that, as you can see, the beer is. Not red in color, as you no. would think. If there was that no, much raspberry, that in it. looks like a wheat wheat ale. It doesn't right. look at all raspberry colored. But yeah, so it's it's very good. Um, you know, it the raspberry flavor is delicious. The smell on the nose is fantastic, and obviously it's a wheat ale, so it's you know it's easy to drink. I'd probably give this beer a four point Wow, I mean, yeah, it's solid. I mean, you go to a lot of breweries, and for you to go to a place, try a beer, and then come home with a growler of it, like I know that's gonna be. A beer worth drinking. Oh, definitely. It's a, you know, this one. I, I was in honesty, in honesty too. I was a little bit influenced um, because it was just it's just you know this small little brewery out in the middle of nowhere, and I thought it was really right. cool there. So we actually came home with just a little bit more than one growler. What is? The, what, should I? I'm afraid to ask <laughs> <laughs> about that new beer's resolution. <laughs> yeah, we may have bought four growlers while we were there. Nice. 
four growlers. Okay, I was gonna say, That's did cool. you get like a growler and then like a fill up to go cup or something like that? But yeah. No, 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 four <laughs> growlers. So he had they had three beers on tap. Um, they had a confounded, which was an all Connecticut style IPA. They had I, a pale ale, very cool name. I like that. Mm-hmm. They had a pale ale, and then they had this this new one, number seventeen. So what what growler did you get two of? That's what I also want to know. That yeah, yeah. I got two of the, of this raspberry wheat ale. Okay, all right. <laughs> so this is a so this is a little bit different. This brewery is a little bit different than what you would expect. When you show up, he gives you samples of all the beers that he has on tap every week. He only has three beers, and once he sells out of the beer that week, he closes. So next I mean, week there'll be three new beers on tap from this brewery. Will they be the same? Like obviously there'll be a new one, number eighteen. But will the the other two stay the same? No, no, no. There'll be next week. He'll have three entirely new beers. Wow. He says nice. he sells out a beer every week. I so he's always brewing. That's really cool. Yeah, that's sweet. He runs a, a one barrel system out of his garage. Um, the back of his garage is is insulated and cooled so that way he can keep his kegs fresh. Um, throughout the process, so he can constantly brew and he's con- and he, he does everything right there in house. So he's grinding the grain. Um, you know, the water comes from his well. The the hops are, you know, for especially for the confounded are local grown, but he, other than that, he uses fresh hops and yeast. I don't know what yeast he uses, but I'm assuming it's just whatever yeast the beer is doing. But he yeah. he is very he was very proud to, to to point out that he does not use any artificial ingredients and everything is done, you know, by the book, quote unquote, by the book of, of beer brewing. That way his beer is as fresh as humanly possible when you consume it. Oh, that's, that's really sweet. awesome. Now, for me, the go-to raspberry beer I've had a few times is the raspberry UFO. Does this taste like that at all? Um, it's well. So this is. I mean, it's more filtered than the UFO because the raspberry UFO, like we we're talking about, like that's a red, like that's a raspberry colored beer, whereas yeah. this is just a very much an like a typical wheat wheat ale, golden colored. Right. Yeah. This is definitely um definitely different than that. I would say that the flavor the flavor of the raspberry UFO is probably more raspberry ish, but it's you know this is more beer with raspberry, whereas raspberry UFO I would consider more raspberry with beer. I I know exactly what you mean. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it earned that four. And uh, cheers to Mark if he's listening. Um, you know. Hashtag fun fact: Mark and his wife his his wife's name is Cindy. So I found it really weird. <laughs> uh, you felt like you were back at home. Yeah, I was just like, well, this is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, Chris, why don't you uh, share your beer with us now? Okay, yeah, I'll go next. So I uh, went to Asheville again, and it was awesome, Coolous. as always. But we stopped at this brewery that we didn't stop at on Todd's Bachelor Party, nor had I stopped at before. And now that I've been there, I wish we had. Uh, It's called uh, Barami Brewing, which is uh, B-H-R-A-M-A-R-I, if anybody wants to go visit. And kind of like what Todd was just saying, they had this beer that was so good, I had to buy four packs of it. (laughs) (laughs) And that was not just me that thought that, it was also Dana. So we both had this beer and was like, wow and bought a couple four packs of it to bring home. So, let's uh let's get into this thing. So, this is what is the name of the beer from Barami? So, this beer is called Skull Kill the Bloodbringer. Whoa. <laughs> Pretty intense. Okay. And it's it's got a it's got a really good head going as you can see from my really awful pour. Wait, so what kind of <laughs> what kind of beer are we drinking today? Uh it's a Berliner Weiss and it's brewed with raspberry, lemongrass and vanilla. Oh, I Ooh, feel like so. I didn't get the memo here. Another raspberry beer. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, over Except, I hope you have, I hope unlike you have a Todd's, yours looks like it's blood red. Right, yeah, no. Definitely a, a like a deep, I mean, it looks like crap over the the webcam, but uh, it definitely has like a deep, deep, like purplish red. Um, even the head has like a red hint to it. Um, smell is very, very raspberry-y. Not uh, like you don't get like that typical sour smell, I guess, if you were going to look for if you were asking. I mean, I get raspberry on the nose. But yeah, it's not it's not a raspberry sour. It's like a raspberry Berliner Weiss. Right. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, And I mean, it's supposed to be like a sour kind of like a sour ish ale. But, you know, because that's what Berliner Weisses are. But for the most part, it's uh, it's pretty mild. Uh, It's got a pretty awesome can art, too. It's got one of those. I bet you, friend of the pod slash 
co-host Jenna would like it. It's got like a skull head thing on it with a snake going through it. Pretty cool. A skull yeah, head like a, thing. Like a Mexican Day of the Dead. There like, you go. That's the that one. That kind of a art style. Right. You'll, of course, see it on the Instagram, hopefully. <laughs> but pretty cool. Pretty cool art style. Um, but here it is. Fully poured. Nice and red. Uh, let's let's give this thing a go. Yeah. Cool. Let's... So, I, I, Ober, I feel like you really should have paid attention to the memo when we send out things like this. Kind of like Kristen you know, paid attention last week when we drank tequila. I know, right? <laughs> so, this beer is pretty fantastic. I had it at the brewery, but, I mean, you get a, a very strong raspberry flavor. I don't get as much lemongrass as it says, but you definitely get some vanilla to sweeten up some of the some of the bitterness, some of the sourness. You still get a hint of sour, but not not too terrible. Like I like I had mentioned, Dana was a big fan of this beer as well. So if you don't like sours, uh, I would definitely give this a try because Dana doesn't like sours and she loved the beer. So um, really awesome, easy drinker. It's only four point nine percent alcohol, which I say I say only as if it's nothing, but you know it is what it is. <laughs> but uh, really solid Berliner Weiss and. I mean, I can't say enough about the the brewery in general. Like, uh, we went there, and I had I had two flights, and Dana had a couple pours, I think, and all their beers like really solid, and like solid and experimental as well. You know, they had a beer with Skittles brewed into it, which was very interesting. Nice, well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it was it wasn't my favorite, but they tried it. And what was it, it called? Was like, uh, I'd have to go taste, and check on tap. Taste, taste the rainbow. Taste the yeah. rainbow. It, it it did taste like you were taking a handful of Skittles and shoving them all into your mouth. So that's, I mean, kudos for them. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so but I was, thought when we went to Asheville, every brewery we went to, from an aesthetic standpoint, had a lot of really cool stuff going on. Did this mm. place have like a really good, cool look to it? There was like some good outdoor seating. What was this? What was the deal? Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, it did have some really awesome outdoor seating, some outdoor, like I say, play space, like they had cornhole and things of that nature. Oh, that's um, cool. The in- yeah, the inside was pretty cool. Um, it's very, very big, a uh, lot larger than I thought it was going to be. Um, but it was, it was, it was you know, pretty, uh, like a really low key mellow vibe. Um, definitely low, like l- lower lighting, which I kind of like sometimes, you know, you get like the dim, the dimmer lighting. So it kind of more sets intimate them- feeling. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and the, out- and the outdoor space is awesome. Uh, we sat inside, but, uh, it was awesome. The beer, the beer tender that we had, had the, the beer. Really- did you just call them a beer tender? I did, yeah. Why not? Okay. <laughs> but they had really good knowledge, and they were, and he was really cool. Uh, talked to us about the beer. I asked him what I asked him what Barami stood for, and apparently, back in ancient times, that was the goddess of bees. I guess something along those lines. Uh, so I assumed that they had some beers on there with honey, but I didn't see any. But um, their logo has bees on it and things of that nature. Are they so. a meadery? No, they're not. They didn't have mead, but um, I, I I was surprised to hear that they didn't have mead or more honey incorporated in their beers after knowing that they they're named after the goddess of bees. Uh, so, but I mean, really cool spot. If like when you all come back and we go to Asheville again, I assume on our oh yeah, world, that'll happen on our world tour or whatever. Um, <laughs> then. Uh, <laughs> Then we definitely, definitely, definitely have to go here because I'm coming in a few awesome. weeks. Yeah, that yeah, you are. You are coming in a few weeks. I mean, Dana did say she's like, maybe you guys can go to Asheville, and I was like, that's a good idea. And she's like, maybe not. I'm like, ah, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a good day to me. I mean, I am the guest, right? Like that's like a thing. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but really, really awesome place. Good beer all around. Um, I didn't have one that I was disappointed in. So uh, this one I gave a four two five. Uh, one of the one of the better sours, one of the better Berliner Weisses that I've had, uh, and you know I had a couple other sours there that were also like on I would say on par with like Southern Grist and things oh, of that wow. nature as Those, as far as suited they as, make some good beers yeah as far as fruited sours go so um, yeah but really good beer so pretty excited that I have I think seven more now to drink <laughs> now what do you what do you think that the Untapped Universe rated this beer um I don't know. I gave it a four two five. I think that's generous. I'm gonna say a four point oh one. 
3.87. Huh. Okay. I'm That's I'm very low, surprised yeah. by that. Yeah. This is a very good beer. I don't know. I'm I'm surprised it's that low. Well, or should... Chris, I don't I'm not going to lie. I trust your opinion way more than the rest of the collective beer universe. So That is there true. We there I we think, go. I think you are more right than everybody else. So. <laughs> I mean, I've had almost 2200 beers. So That's a lot of beers. You know, it it only has 493 check-ins. So, if it's not like there's a lot of people who have rated it. So, if there That's was, true. you know, 2000 check-ins, maybe it'd be closer to 4 or closer to 4.25. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But but yeah, awesome beer, awesome brewery. Check them out or come visit me and, or come to our world tour when when we go to Asheville. Yeah. 20, I'm now expecting you to save me a can for a couple of weeks from now. <laughs> listen, Todd, listen, that's, uh, you know, it's not in my contract, so. <laughs> we're, we're still working on renegotiations. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my my money's no longer guaranteed, so I'm going to throw a fit. Are you going to start to post hype videos online and post uh, conversations of us talking to each other on the phone? Exactly, yeah. Say, this is what they tell about me. My family comes first. Blah, hashtag, blah, blah. Hashtag DAW podcast, release me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but i mean really the patriots like they colluded on that like there's no there's no ways about it. there's no way about it but anyways, start, to, start to fight my people hot, just my take swings right at us anyways i think obert wants to drink i do want to drink and i feel like we should continue to talk though just to like stop him from about drinking. the raspberry beer i did get the memo about red drinks which maybe okay Tug didn't get all the right memo. so there's so. two red drinks and two raspberry beers <laughs> <laughs> not what you would expect <laughs> yeah <laughs> And so for this for this drink, we're actually going to crack back open Obert's liquor cabinet towards the end of this review here. But okay, um, you just let me know. Yeah, don't worry. I'll we'll, <laughs> no, I'll make it abundantly clear. And um, I've I've hinted at this drink for a couple weeks now, but it's finally ready. This is my barrel aged Negroni that I've been working on um, tirelessly for about five weeks now. It's finally come together. And this is a drink I'm very proud of. Uh, I've brought Negronis on the show before. I was going to say, that's a deep throwback, I think. Yeah, this is season two. We, t- we take the, the drinks we made in season one, and we just <laughs> we make them a little bit better. So, make them better. Okay. Yeah. So f- for those of you who've never had a Negroni before, um, it's, it's, a very, it's a classic cocktail. It's made with one part vermouth one part gin and one part campari um that's the classic recipe and one thing i love about this drink is there's so many different variations on it and everybody has their own little spin they put on it and everybody likes to just make the negroni their own so that's a little bit of what inspired me to take this drink um i have a one liter barrel just a little tiny guy that's been sitting on my counter aging for a little bit and so I decided to make my own version of the Negroni. I tried to stick pretty close to the the faithful original version. Um, I used the White Lady Gin out of Montgomery Distillery. It's a great base for this drink, and it really comes through strongly. Um, of course, you have to stick with the original Campari. That's that's one of the few ingredients that's hard to substitute out. But for the vermouth, as opposed to using the red vermouth i used a blend of a couple different vermouths and um and that's a little tease for when we open up that liquor cabinet a little bit from now and i topped it off with a couple of ounces of orange bitters so i took all that i let that sit on the counter for a couple weeks getting that barrel that nice oaky goodness in there and i'll tell you what um this drink does not disappoint i think those flavors really blended quite well and one thing that's amazing about this drink is um, for those of you who maybe just tried it once or who, even for those of you who are Negroni fans, it's a very bitter drink when you start drinking it. But one thing, like the amazing thing about it is as the ice melts, the drink, and the, as the drink gets more watery, the sweetness of the vermouth really shines through and that bitterness of the Campari kind of subsides. So it's one drink that from the beginning to the end, it has a lot of very subtle flavor changes, and it's a t- totally different drink when you're done with it. So that's one of the reasons I love this drink. Yeah, I am not a Negroni fan. Um, I've tried it on your recommendation a few different times, and I just I can't get over the bitterness of the Campari. I, I can't do it. Yeah, 
I've never had a Negroni, but it sounds like I would enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, I'm glad I did a good job talking it up because yeah. um, a a maybe less flattering and more realistic description would be um, it tastes a little bit like cough syrup. Not going to lie. It's definitely that, that cough it syrup does. flavor. Okay, so that's a little less appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you. I don't know how you feel about orange Dayquil, but um, like, just go grab the Robitussin out of the counter or out of the the medicine. Oh, Robitussin is not orange. Just chug that. <laughs> <laughs> go grab the Tussin. That's a that's a different episode. That's a Patreon exclusive. We all drink. We all drink, <laughs> we drink cough medicine. <laughs> I like how you called it Tussin because the instant anytime I think of Robitussin, I think of Chris Rock's joke. Just put some tussin on it. <laughs> Leg broke. Just put some tussin on it. <laughs> but but uh, ret- I guess returning to the, the drink here, uh, my advice, and you know, it's definitely not a drink for everybody. And I was not a fan the first couple times I ordered one. But like I said, an acquired taste, and I think once you get that taste for it, um, it's a drink you'll like for the rest of your life. So. Again, if you haven't had it, maybe if you've had one and you weren't a fan, just keep ordering them until you like them. Let that Stockholm syndrome <laughs> take you. I mean, if you think of, think back to your first beer, like no one drinks a first beer and was like, oh man, this is amazing. And now I drink beer almost every day. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Almost, know? in quotes. Almost, almost, <laughs> in air quotes, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's really cool. Now, what... I'm sorry, you said it, but what liquor did you put into the barrel again? Um, which gin? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's a gin, and I use the White Lady a gin oh, from right. Montgomery okay. Distillery. You did say that, um, yes. That's so out of wha- Missoula, and it's a it's a very good gin. Why is your? I I I think I just answered my own question, but I'm just going to ask it anyways. Yeah, please. <laughs> why is your drink red? Oh, very good question. That's a good uh, question, Todd, and that color mostly comes from the campari because campari is a pretty bright orange color and uh when you mix that in with the vermouth and the gin it it, it gives it this nice red hue mm, for sure nice and i know i teased the liquor cabinet maybe okay we can officially open it now there we go <laughs> <laughs> so for this drink i experimented a lot with a couple different vermouths and vermouth is something that, fun fact, you should not keep in your liquor cabinet once it's open. Um, it's, Where should you put it? You should put it in your refrigerator. Mm. Yeah. So like we talked about last week with aperitifs and the uh, kikina, yep. this ver- vermouth is a, a fortified wine. So I looked into that a little bit more to bring on to d- today's show. And what that basically means is, is they take wine... And they add um, different botanicals and spices, like you know, like different herbs and roots and that kind of thing. And they also add, I believe, a little bit of just straight liquor, which I assume means just straight up alcohol, um, which might be like grappa or something, you know, just like grape grape alcohol. Um, so they they have this blend all together, and that's what makes a vermouth. And so over the years, there have been two major types of vermouth that have come out, and that's sweet and dry. And the sweet is is red, and the dry is white. So now, the vermouth, is that what they make martinis with? Yes. So that is what they make martinis with. And okay. yeah, there is, there is the sweet vermouth and the dry vermouth. And I combined the two of those as opposed to using just the sweet. I did equal parts sweet and dry. And equal parts of the white sweet vermouth, which is, um, I think it's called uh, Bianco. I think it's B-I-A-N-C-O. And so I, I, I did a taste test at home. I mixed a couple of these variations up, got the right, the right gin and vermouth ratios to make this at home. Um, so why do you have to put it in the fr- – like, so I don't put my kikina in the fridge, why do you have to put yours in the fridge? Oh, good question. Yeah, so because vermouth will go bad, like I don't because the alcohol content isn't high enough to keep it shelf stable, you have to refrigerate it. Does um, it say this on the bottle, or like is it something you're supposed to know? Because now I'm starting to think like I probably should have put the kikina in the fridge. I I don't think it would hurt to put the kikina in the fridge. 
I think uh, the Kikina as as an aperitif, you probably want to keep those to preserve those flavors. It's it's definitely something that I think you need to keep in the fridge. Um, worth worth looking into. That's worth Google for sure. Okay, I, I never even thought about it. Now I'm going to be really upset if it has to go in the fridge because I don't want to keep a bottle of booze in my fridge. Ta-da. Can I ask you a personal question? How many bottles? <laughs> how, how many? How many beers are in your fridge right now? Um, not many. No, no, just how like many? two, just like two growlers. What if we count your beer fridge in this? We don't count that. That's a separate fridge, right? Can that we, is can a separate we maybe fridge. maybe keep the vermouth in the beer fridge, or is that not allowed? Uh, sorry, the kikinia. Well, then I'd have to make room for it. Then it's a kikinia <laughs> fridge. Yeah, then it's a kikinia, a kikinia fridge. fridge. Yeah, that's all. You're right. You're right. I shouldn't have even gone there. I don't know what I was thinking. But <laughs> uh, so basically, so vermouth does it have a, like a cork in the top? No, it it's it's a just a cap screw on the top. Okay, so this so the the kikinia has a cork. So I'm wondering if it would be if it's cool like that. Yeah. Um, well, and then I'm wondering if I could lay it on its side and put it in in the wine fridge. Ooh, that might not be a bad idea. Yeah, I didn't realize you had a beer fridge and a wine fridge. <laughs> well, the wine fridge is a hashtag new addition. So uh, there you go. Well, yeah, some you go to Italy, you come back. What happens if you're Todd? You need a wine fridge. You know, uh, that's that's more Caitlin. If you're Todd and Caitlin, you know, it, well, I think that's part of the the whole new marriage thing. Is it's like, well, I got the beer fridge. We got to get the wine fridge to even it out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's like marriage is all about compromises. Mm-hmm. You know. Just, just keep on buying more fridges. Yeah. <laughs> more compromises, more fridges. The marriage hashtag. So Yeah. So before I close this liquor cabinet, I just wanted to share my ratio. And um, I stuck with that same, a third Campari, a third gin, and a third vermouth. But that, that one third that's vermouth, I split that up and I did equal parts of the sweet, the dry, and the sweet white. So I did a third, a third, a third of each of those. And um, I think that tasted really good fresh. I didn't age different combinations, obviously, because I only have the one barrel. But um, if you're going to make a Negroni at home, or even if you're going to go to a bar, I would ask for them to mix the two vermouths or the three if they have them. It made it a lot more complex of a drink, and I thought it added a little something to it. So with that, I'm going to close the liquor cabinet. Wait, wait, wait. Before you close it. Oh, sorry. Let me yeah. oh, keep the door back open. Leaving it open for yep. a second. Uh, do you have big plans for the rest of that gin? Um, I used most of it oh, in, okay. the, All right. in the barrel. Oh, okay. Um, and, I've, and I've been doing some generous sampling of the <laughs> barrel to make sure it was just right to get bring on the pot. And it is. Oh, okay. Fortunately, we've, we've aged it enough, which I think I said it was like five weeks, six weeks. Right, right. Like I mentioned about the Huckleberry tequila, which I was infusing last week, I think it's just, you just got to keep tasting it. And this was my mm. first barrel age creation. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I like it because even though it is a simple cocktail to make, um, having it pre-mixed and on my counter with a little tap in it, it makes it very tempting. And it's like, uh, okay. it's, hmm. it's a go-to for me now. I'm going to keep <laughs> barrel aging stuff. Um, <laughs> now, do you have to refrigerate this barrel too? No. There's enough alcohol in the gin to make it shelf stable where you can leave it out at room temperature oh, okay. and that's okay. Huh. Yeah. So fun fact, I did Google the Quinquen or the Quinquenia. It does need to be refrigerated. Ah. Well, wow. I mean, I'm glad that you found out. Right. Because it's gonna make it's gonna make your drinks that much better with it. Well, Caitlin, you heard it here first in this podcast. This is why there's a new fridge <laughs> in, our, in our kitchen now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we have this delivery from Lowe's coming in? Oh, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> That's the Kikinia uh, fridge. <laughs> yeah, we have a Kikinia fridge. <laughs> We're gonna call it just like a like a uh, aperitif. There fridge. you go. I like that. There you go. Yeah, that's better. All right, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna close the door on this the cabinet segment. <laughs> and um, yeah, so, sounds like an intense liquor cabinet. Oh, very intense. Like, I like to call it my liquor vault when. But who's, who's counting? Oh, man. So want to give a quick shout out to friend of the pod, uh, Drew, who welcomed his daughter into the world. Avery was born September 3rd, which is pretty cool. Uh, congratulations to the new parents. Hopefully you're getting a ton of sleep, which you aren't. Hashtag I know. And <laughs> so, so Drew did request that I bring in more parenting tips to the podcast as the 
tenured parent on the podcast. As the only dad of the pod. <laughs> As the hashtag dad of the pod, yes. Um, and here's one that you might not have to worry about right away because uh, Avery right now is, you know, immobile and, you know, basically just a, a small, a small, a small thing that, that relies on you for every, every movement that it makes, but. AKA a baby. <laughs> I, I think I. I <laughs> so think, you call them? I think I explained it pretty well. Yeah. Um, but here's something it, that I've recently. Parenting advice. To, give, uh, give your kids booze. They go to sleep and you're fine. I didn't say that. Todd said that. <laughs> Just wait till he's hashtag. Not non dad of the pod. Not dad of the pod. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, but here's here's a here's a tidbit of of advice for all parents and grandparents and anybody listening right now. Uh, when your son or daughter gets to, I don't know, I'll say anywhere between a year to eighteen. Um, <laughs> 18 months or years. 18 years. Is it like years? No, 18 before years. they move out years. of the house? Okay. Right. Um, think very hard about what you buy them as for toys, okay? Because I will say uh, you buy this block set or this, uh, you know, we, we bought CJ recently, like play food, like, you know, like, like, like little corns and apples and whatever. Um, so think about picking it up multiple times a day for the rest of your life because <laughs> it is a reality. Uh, we bought anything that CJ can dump. Well, he will dump now. So <laughs> so grandparents out there, think about it. If you wouldn't want to pick this up multiple times a day for the rest of your life, don't buy it for the grandchildren. <laughs> and parents, think about it because I made the mistake. I bought him this stuff. And if you don't feel like picking it up multiple times a day for the rest of your life, don't buy it because you're going to. Uh, so there's my little. So what you're saying is that we just buy them one one toy and that's it. Right. Well, no, not one toy. A big but, toy. But big, bigger, <laughs> one bigger big toys. Toy. Yes. Like, like big a big stuffed animal. Right. Undumpable toys. <laughs> like, you get one ball, child. One ball. Yes. But not like a bag of jacks. I don't know why you'd buy a child jacks, but hey, you know, whatever. Um, because then you have to think about just just imagine yourself picking up 125 food food pieces three or four times a day until <laughs> you die. Because uh, that is the reality of it. Because we all know CJ at 17 is going to be still playing with his plastic <laughs> corn pieces. <laughs> no, when you started this mini handle, I thought you were going to say, you know, think carefully about what toys you want to get your kid because cj got all this food and like i think he's gonna grow up and become a chef because he loves cooking all this food nope um instead your your mini handle boiled down to like basically three word advice don't buy legos <laughs> essentially yeah that's what you that's what it boils down to yeah <laughs> anything with multiple pieces like dana bought cj this little box with puzzles in it and I get what puzzles are supposed to do, but CJ's not there yet. So all he does is dump puzzles everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why am I keep picking up puzzles? That doesn't make any sense. But, but, Honestly, I thought your handle was going to be don't don't uh, drink an Amazon yeah, based on your Snapchat so this week. Yeah. No, that's definitely that's definitely a factor as to why he has some of the stuff he has. But but Chris, that's the puzzle. <laughs> puzzles, that's the puzzle. No, but there you go, Drew. There's a little bit of dad advice for you. Really think about what you buy your ch your child because you'll be picking it up forever. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. And, and and you too. You guys too. Whenever. Oh yeah. If you guys decide to have kids every every whatever that that's that's your. How do you know Obert just doesn't have kids all over he the world? He might. He might at this point. I mean, I well, you can't see him on the camera, but they're you know. I keep them crying in the back room. <laughs> they're Daddy's occupied. They're playing, with, they're playing with Legos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one Lego, one Lego for each kid. Everybody gets the one Lego. You have to share <laughs> Lego time. Yeah. Oh man, the Steelers suck. What's the score now? It is thirty-three to three. Jesus Christ! Wow. But it's it's not. Don't worry. Thirty-three to the three. The Patriots are only going to get better, so it's fine. On this week's edition, yeah, of it's almost like they got like the best receiver friends, in the NFL. Colon, old sports news. <laughs> <laughs> it's currently thirty-three to three. It's currently thirty-three to three. Yeah, and they just signed Antonio Brown, which is only going to make them a better. If only they had a quarterback that can throw the deep ball. So uh, <laughs> he looked pretty good throwing the deep ball tonight. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, well, how many touchdowns did Josh Howard have? 
So Josh Gordon, I, Josh, uh, Josh Gordon, yeah, not Josh Howard. Who the fuck? Uh, I know he has one at least, but can we talk about this article from mensjournal.com that Chris sent out to the group? Yeah, it's yeah. Um, the ten coolest places in America to drink craft beer. Uh, I thought that was pretty. I thought it was pretty cool. By the way, yeah, Philip Dorsett has a fifty-eight yard touchdown. No, I know ex Colt right there, Philip Dorsett. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely. It, it was pretty neat, and it started off in my home state of North Carolina, which I thought was pretty awesome, and it makes me want to go there. Uh, the uh, 5,506 foot sky bar at Beach Mountain Resort in Beach Mountain, North Carolina. Um, it's a pretty sweet looking looking venue. Uh, that that kind of what hooked me into the article, but there's a couple other places that just look like pretty cool spots to sit down and have a beer. Yeah, yeah. we'll put this in the show notes, but um, just yeah, the images of all of these are really cool, really cool places that you're like, I would love to just be sitting there having a beer. Yeah. Like, sister of the pod, Kaylee, if you're listening, which you should be, um, there's a Mobcraft Beer Brewery and Tap Room in Milwaukee, which I know you live there, so you should go there. Looks pretty cool. I feel like this article is a little bit biased, though. I agree. As someone who lives out west, I think there's a lot of west coast places on here maybe not west coast but western places on yeah i was gonna say there's there's nothing anywhere remotely close for me to go on this list and there's got to be cool there's got to be cool drinking places in the northeast i mean i've probably been to a lot of them but yeah i texted you guys like oh i was surprised that the burp castle and the funkatorium which i know you've been to both of those todd i'm surprised that neither of those made this list because you know, I think the three of us have drank some pretty cool places. You especially, Todd, and and um, those seem like pretty phenomenal places, especially. Yeah, and I was a little bit shocked. Like, you know, obviously New York City is the biggest city in the world. Like, McSwirly's didn't make the list, and it's by far one of the most unique places I've ever drank a beer. It's the oldest continually operating bar in America. I probably have that's probably wrong, but there's they're old. It's like the <laughs> oldest continually operating bar I think in New York City. Um, basically, America. Basically, yeah, basically America. They but they only serve two beers, uh, light and dark, and everything that goes up on the wall is permanently there. Like they don't take anything down, so their walls are completely covered nice. in pictures and things and dust. The floor is covered in sawdust. Um, up until the seventies, women weren't allowed in the building. It's a very unique place to drink. Point, but okay. No, but it's it's just like <laughs> like it just goes back to like how old this place is. Right, I get it. Yeah, I mean they yeah. still have they still have um, wishbones up on like the bar top from mm. people before they went off to World War II, who they had like a chicken dinner before they shipped off, who never returned. The idea was that they were they're supposed to come take them down once they came back, and mm. they're wow, still up kinda, there. Yeah, it's, wow. it's 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 that old of a place. I mean, you can there's pictures of like Abe Lincoln drinking in there. There's pictures of you know pretty much every president who's ever gone there. They have a picture of on the wall, but it's it's really cool. Um, what probably one of the most unique places to drink in the world. I'm just surprised like places like that weren't on this list. Yeah, yeah, that se- that seems pretty crazy. Now, here's a more important question: Do you think Abe Lincoln was a dark or a light guy? I would say he's probably very much a dark guy. You think so? Well, with the with that beard, I can imagine the foam getting in. Mm. You know, I could. Just, no, that's true. It that completes the look. The dude was like an undefeated wrestler of his time. I'm sure, like he's he was like a man's man. He was like, I'm all in <laughs> on the dark. I'm on the I'm on the dark beer. Yeah, no, that it's a good it's a good point though because even Funkatorium, like you you had mentioned, it's more mainstream and new, but like the beer and the the tap house is like really really cool. Like, um, now granted, it's, these are the top ten in the country or whatever. So, well, that man's journal found. Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, very true. Yeah, and actually, so I do want to go go through this, this list a little bit more, but I wanted to talk. You know, you're talking about. That place in New York, the um, there's this place in Butte, Montana called the M M&M and M Bar. You mean Butt Montana? Butte, actually. That's how it's pronounced. I think it's Bate. Um, Bate. <laughs> but but um, but M M&M and M opened in 1890, and they were open 24 seven for w- well over a hundred years. Oh, holy crap! As a yeah, bar? As a bar? Um, because do they Butte serve M and M's? No, it was. I think well, I think they predate the candy. There were Sam Martin and William <laughs> F. Mosby are the two original founders. So it was Martin and Mosby, M and M. Uh okay. Yeah. But 
it, Butte's a mining town, and miners work. What you know, they it's dark underground all the time, so they were whatever shift. So they would come up up above ground, and it would be eight a.m. But to them, they'd be just getting off work, so they needed some place to drink. So that's where this they would go to this M M&M and M bar. And well, one thing that I think is really cool about this place is every time that the bar is sold, there's a ceremonial throwing away of the keys. So the the old hand owner hands over the keys to the new owner and the new owner promptly like flushes them down the toilet or like throws them in a fire or like ceremonially gets rid of the keys because it's the door is never locked it's open 24 7 and it was i think until 2012 was when they finally closed their doors i think they're still open but they're no longer a 24 7 establishment well that's kind of upsetting why are they not open 24 7 anymore you know i I don't know that story. They probably just weren't getting enough customers at like did, between the hours of like four and eight a.m. to justify being open. You know, did Butt Montana change right. their rules? No, Butte's a pretty buck wild place. But uh, it's it's like an open container uh, place where you can just walk down the street with a beer. They have after Boston, they have the second largest St. Patrick's Day parade. Interesting, uh, which is pretty wild for Montana. I actually didn't know Boston had the biggest St. Patrick's Day parade. So that's a yeah, that's a new one. Yeah, um, and I know I I know we wanted to talk about this list, but um, I we found more interesting bars to talk about that weren't on the list. <laughs> I I still think that you need to work on your pronunciation of that town's name. Yeah, I'll I'll let you know when I have it figured out. <laughs> I'll tell you what though, if you ever come to Montana, maybe maybe keep that one in the back of your head. <laughs> well, no, they don't take kindly to that. Uh, it's funny. I'm still learning how to pronounce stuff around here. Um, it's just you know every time you move to a new place like like where Chris lives right it, it's not it's not Statesville right Statesville We're, Statesville Statesville that's right yeah more so you, know, you just gotta learn the local Asheville. pronunciations Charlottesville yeah that ain't right <laughs> Charlotte I think is how it's pronounced no isn't there Charlottesville isn't that like a thing like that's a that's a place I think it is but I don't know where it is so I'm pretty sure that's the name of like the racetrack isn't it. No. Charlottesville? Charlotte's, Charlotte Motor Speedway? Is that what you're talking about? No, there's another there's another racetrack. <laughs> the other racetrack. The other Char- one. Charlottesville. <laughs> it might, maybe, maybe, you might, maybe. Hold on. Let's go to the Googs. Charlottesville is a town in Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, my sister lived there. Ah, see? Yeah. So why didn't you just help out this argument? Why didn't you just let it happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer. I was, I was sitting back and just waiting, letting that all play out. But, oh, <laughs> yeah, Charlottesville is in Virginia, but it's Charlottesville. No, I think it's Seaville, not Seaville. Uh, I think in, I think in Virginia they say Ville. Uh, Virginia listeners, write in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is it Ville or Obert's sister? Write in. Yeah. <laughs> no, she says Charlottesville. Okay. She's well, a Yankee. Well, she's so a Yankee. She's a damn Yankee. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So with that. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, our three handles on our Frosty Mug of Wisdom, where we share with you life hacks, Amazon products, tips, tricks, etc. on how to make your life better. Um, and to start off this week, I'm going to foist the mug on Todd, who's going to share some stuff with us. Okay. So my handle this week is going to be Smart Plugs. Okay. We recently moved into a house, as everybody knows. Right before we got married, so the, you know, during the summer we bought a house, moved, got married, went on a honeymoon, did all that stuff all in one year. Fantastic! Oh, I also switched jobs too, so that's fantastic. But anyways, yeah. But anyways, one thing that has bugged me is that our living room light does not have a switch. It doesn't operate on a switch, so you had to always walk over to there and you know twist the little thing at the top to turn on the light. Well, one day I said screw that, and I know that these things called smart lights exist or smart plugs exist that operate via the Amazon Echo. So I went on Amazon and I bought an Amazon smart plug. Plugged it in. It was it's smart plugs made by Amazon, so it instantly synced with with the Amazon Echo, and away we went. So all I do now is I go in the living room and I say, you know, Alexa, turn on living room, and she beeps and the light turns on. So get can, total- and then what what do you say when you want to turn it off? And can you say this like really loudly and clearly into yeah, the microphone? Yeah, <laughs> Amazon, or Alexa, turn off living room. Sorry, louder. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> no, it's fine. I can go as loud as you want because the light's already off in the room, so it's not going to turn off. I'm not well, in the yeah, living but room. I know, but our listeners might be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alexa, turn off living room. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There you go. 
Oh, man, you're in the dark. It's funny. Listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should have saw your face. Oh, man. So. No, that's cool. So that is my handle. Go buy Smart Plugs. Um, there's a variety of different options on Amazon. I messed around with a few different options before I ended up with the Amazon one. In all actuality, if you really just want ease of use, the Amazon one's the way to go because there's there's no work to be done. You plug the damn thing in and it. Yep. And it's not that much more expensive than like the generic ones. Oh no, it is. You can buy generic ones for four for twenty five dollars, or you can buy the Amazon one that's you know one for twenty. But at the same time, the ease of use and not having to worry about like setting the damn thing up and trying to get it to work and being frustrated when it doesn't work, to me it was worth you know getting the one versus the four. Yeah, and now like I know some of us have voice activated microwaves, <laughs> but <laughs> I would love I would love to just like set up a blender. With like my pina colada mix and rum and ice, and then just like walk into the other room and be like, "Oh, the party's starting!" Like Amazon or Alexa, make me, a, make me a pina colada, and then I, just have that start my blender. That'd be sweet. I feel like there's a Michael Scott joke in here somewhere where he like wakes up to make bacon and burns himself, and- <laughs> burns his foot, grills his foot. <laughs> nope, um, that's cool. I I have the smart bulbs, but if I didn't, I could see the plug being pretty useful now what is a smart bulb it's um it's it's a, a handle i've used before but uh phillips hue makes these um oh that's right they light... change colors and stuff right well yeah mine are just the white ones but they're on a dimmer so i can just shout at alexa and have her turn my living room or bedroom lights on or off so it's handy for when you're in bed and you're like ah, oh, i forgot to turn the lights off and then you just yell at your your amazon device and it works out it's honestly the amazon device is perfect that should be a handle. <laughs> <laughs> we, but, we we know we love to to just promote Amazon products, here, <laughs> so right. But I will hand off my or the mug to Chris. All right. So my handle this week is a video game. It's actually a remaster of a video game, and that's Final Fantasy VIII. Have you guys played this before? I have not. I have not. It's like the one Final Fantasy I haven't played. Yeah. Really? I fr- I didn't think they made a Final Fantasy before seven. I thought seven was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might, it might as well be, but there there are a few. There are there are like six more before that. But um, Final Fantasy, I I had never played before. There might be more than six more before that. Just <laughs> <laughs> tactics or other. Otherwise. I think tactics is after seven though. Zero negative one. Yeah, but anyways, infinity. Uh, so, so eight. I started playing last night, and it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, the remastered version is uh, much prettied up versus the PS1 version, of course. Uh, not up to date with like you know today's graphics, of course, but uh, story is story's pretty good so far. I haven't beat I I never beat the game, so I'm playing it pretty much for the first time right now, and it's 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 a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. It seems as though it's uh, a pretty good mix between. Like Final Fantasy VII and I would say maybe Final Fantasy X story wise, like uh, like because they're they're two of like the really really good stories that I can think of from Final Fantasy, and uh, it's really good it, and it's pretty cheap. It's only like twenty bucks, so you get hours of entertainment. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's what uh, console or PC? What did you buy it for? I bought it for the PS4. So oh nice. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't buy Is it, it a for PS4 the Switch. exclusive. No, no, no. It's it's available on everything, I think. So Then yeah, I'm with uh, Todd. I'm surprised you didn't buy it for the Switch. You know, I don't use the Switch for its portability as much as Todd does. So uh, that's that's um, all I use it for is the portability. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well you travel a lot. I I really don't. So um but I definitely have been enjoying I played like I've only played a few hours so far, but I'm really enjoying it so so far. So if you're a fan of Final Fantasy, you know, turn based role playing games and, you know, a good story, uh you should you should go check it out. Now is this it's only twenty one, bucks. Is this the one where they have like a ship that they travel around on? Uh if there is, I haven't made it there yet, but <laughs> but I mean, there's Final Fantasy games have like ships in like almost every single one that I can think of. So like Final Fantasy VII has a ship, and Final Fantasy X has a ship, and there's a lot of ships. So um, both boat fantasies, basically. Yeah, all the fantasies, <laughs> new fantasy, old fantasy. But uh, really uh, cool game. It's a long overdue remaster, I think. I think it's been out for like 20 years now. So if you're into that kind of stuff, go check it out. Yeah, fun fact about that game. The reason it took so long for a remaster to come out, Square Enix lost the source code. 
so they had to have somebody remake it from scratch. Oh, wow. really? Wow. Yeah, hmm. yeah completely. Like the, the source code got wiped off a computer one day, and <laughs> they were like, oh, shit, we don't have it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Big whoopsie. That's a cool story, though. Someone's like, someone at Square Enix headquarters is like, Final Fantasy VIII source code, this probably isn't useful anymore. I got to clear up some Yeah, I need some more space in my hard drive. Yes. <laughs> somebody, somebody got fired for that mishap, I'm assuming. Yeah, well. Oh, well. Sorry for whoever that was. But, but Obert, I think you get the third handle on this week's mug of wisdom. Yeah, let me top this baby off here. So I thought of this handle on my drive home uh, to record this podcast today. And maybe this is a Montana-specific handle for our Montana listeners, but I think it can be applied more generally to everybody. And uh, my handle is is much more of a life advice handle than uh, typical, but it's go find a new place, go exploring off the map. I went this weekend to a lake I'd never been to. I'd, I'd seen it on the map. I've never had any reason to go there drove there and i'm like wow this like expanded my montana horizons like for a new place that i'd never been before it's like there's so much so much world out there guys you gotta go and check it out yourself so even if you're somewhere somebody who lives in connecticut maybe who think they've seen everything i thought the same thing until i went over to like the kent or northwest corner kent falls area of connecticut where yeah that's like an entirely of, different planet. it's like it doesn't even feel like connecticut and Chris, you live you live in a, a new state, North Carolina. There's like mm, tons yeah. of open places to go explore. And I'm sure our listeners are thinking of like, oh, you know, there's a place I've always wanted to go. That's you know a day drive from my house. I never made it out there. Make time to go do it, especially as fall is coming up, summer's winding down. It's like a good time to go out and see a place you've never been before. Um, so my handle this week is like, make the time, go to a new place, expand your map, expand your horizon. Um, a little more philosophical than I normally get into with my handles, but uh, it meant a lot to me checking out this new place, and I wanted to share that with you guys. So, uh, yeah, cheers I mean, to that. we've definitely talked about awesome. myself and Dana. I mean, we've definitely talked about like trying to get out and like do travel and stuff like that because there's, I mean, we've lived in three states now, but still, there's 47 that we haven't seen, and realistically, there's like 48 we haven't seen. So, uh, I can I can back that one up. I definitely there's a lot of places <laughs> I want to go even in the United States and I can't wait to, you know, be able to share that with CJ and whatever other babies we have <laughs> and stuff like that. So, um yeah, definitely I feel that handle. I feel it. Yeah. I also think it's one of those things like yeah, sure it's not super easy to travel with a little kid, but I think it's something if you expose kids to early, um they'll like really latch on to in terms of like, you know, I didn't go too many places growing up but i think it's something that talking to friends who've you know traveled with their parents and saw the whole country i feel like it's is really a good experience to have so even if you are someone who might have kids and think you it's a little harder to travel with i think it's it's even more worth it though and so with that we'd like to thank you guys for listening to today's episode of drinking alone with friends Let's thank the breweries and or the people who provided today's alcohol. And I will go first with Breakway Brewhouse with the new one, number 17, Raspberry Wheat Ale. I'd like to thank Bramari Brewing with their Skull Kill the Bloodbringer. And I want to thank Montgomery Distillery for their White Lady Gin. Delicious addition to this Negroni today. Please follow us on all social media at DAWF Podcast. Um, also, make sure you hashtag follow the email at dawfpodcast at gmail.com please send your thoughts or general conversation pieces to that email Obert loves to read them every single day when he wakes up so make sure let's make a let's let's make a goal this week people i want a new email every week or every day i want a new email every day for Obert to read every you're, hour you're listening to this on thursday and i just want you to say like you know you would make my day if i'm sitting there having my morning coffee just reading your general thoughts on correct Friday. just i mean yeah. I mean, literally, like, like I woke up today and like my butt scratched. Like, I, like that's what we want. We like send your that butt in. Scratched? That's, my, that's yeah. I would read about that. There you I go. Read about your butt scratch and stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the amazing butt scratch. Um, make sure that you're going to Patreon and subscribing. We have some new content up there, so make sure you're going on there and listening to that as well. Also, make sure you're using our Amazon affiliate link and. In you know the spirit of using our Amazon affiliate link, I would like to point out another really expensive item you can buy from us and give us money via Amazon. And so that today is going to be 
the a night a 1824 officer's sword, which is an early piece of American history. This awesome 1824 officer's sword is going for a smooth price of thirty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety five dollars on Amazon. What a steal! Yeah, it's a steal. I mean, who doesn't want to yeah. own a piece of, of American history? Yeah, and that's from the Civil War. It is from the Civil War. I mean, buy two while you're at it, you know? Yeah, I mean, you might as well might as, might well. as well buy four so you can have just a full-on war with yeah. yourself. There you go. There you go. Um, and actually, I wanted to interject real quick before – I sorry to cut you off here, Todd, but I know there's been a little bit of confusion as to like how the Amazon affiliate link works. Um, all you have to do, it's, it's very simple. Just do your – if you're going to do your normal Amazon shopping, if you're like, oh, I need my – my butt scratcher um, and I'm all out of them. You just, before you go to amazon.com and search for butt scratchers, butt scratcher, just go to click on our link and that'll bring you right to the normal Amazon page and then just search from there. And then whenever you buy, whatever you buy, we will get a little chunk of that. And that helps the show out. So uh, I know we haven't really explained that fully in the past. So that's how it works. It's really just like going to amazon.com. It's just, we have a special link. So I couldn't have said it any better myself. And so with that, my name is Tud. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. So, like, are we all going to buy these swords so, like, we can fight next time we see each other? I think so. Unless they have, like, did you find any good butt scratchers that we can find? Because my butt's kind of injured. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't because we can't. I can't. We wouldn't benefit from it. So, you know, it's only fair that you buy it.